0: Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff Show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca vs. Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out chasethomaspodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Atlanta, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. <laughs> um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome to a Tuesday evening, almost Wednesday morning edition of the Chase Thomas podcast, but it's, it's not just the Chase Thomas podcast anymore. No, it's the full ride with Chase Thomas, the aforementioned Chase Thomas, and also my good friend down there in northern Georgia. Is Tequila in northern Georgia? I don't even know anymore. So Matt, how
1: are you? Northeast Georgia.
0: Okay. Northeast yes, I origin. appreciate the intro, mm-hmm.
1: the full ride. I'm ready to let's uh, let's let it ride, as okay.
0: they say. Do you feel good about that?
1: I do feel real good. First, uh, first uh, show title pun. So I had to get that in there.
0: Well, I'm excited too, and I think this is going to be good. I think um, I'm excited for Navy trying to tackle people for the foreseeable future because it has not gone well um, in week one. We'll we'll see if it get it improves. We'll talk about that momentarily, but um, as a just a a brief note, um, I will be eating wings as we're recording this podcast, Matt, because I'm a professional. But unfortunately, I still needed to eat and I will be eating as we're talking college football. And I think there's something that goes better together than college football and.
1: Wings, Un- unbelievable! This is, this lack of <laughs> professionalism is is not a great start for the full ride. I'll just say that. I'll just say that. You know, you you enjoy your wings. You, how, what kind of wings did you get?
0: Uh, honey barbecue.
1: Honey barbecue. That's
0: solid. My favorite is I'm garlic parm, but this place does not have buffalo. garlic parm. Okay, I'm
1: a traditional buffalo kind of guy myself.
0: Really? Really? Oh yeah. Traditional, traditional buffalo. You don't ask for any kind of no flavors.
1: Oh, no, man. I feel like just the regular buffalo, sauce not just regular hot, you know, I um, you can't go wrong. Like if I'm in a restaurant and I like someone walks by me with a plate of buffalo wings, I'm just like, oh, I know what I'm getting now. Like it's just the smell of buffalo sauce. It just gives me a Pavlovian response.
0: I think you're like me where I could just eat buffalo wings every day and never get tired of it. Like there's never going to be a day where someone offers me buffalo wings. I'm going to be like, hmm, I'm good.
1: I honestly, yeah, I honestly could. Or like, I, I think we ate a Buffalo chicken pizza like this a couple of days ago. Uh, <laughs> we went out. So I'm, I'm all about some Buffalo.
0: How does the fiance feel about all this? What is her opinion on Buffalo wings and your, your dietary habits? Is she trying to change you?
1: She, uh, Oh no, she's, she's cool. She's right there with me and the dietary habits. So, um, she doesn't like the bone in, she doesn't like bone in like anything. So like, she goes like, so she f- likes chicken nuggets. Yeah. Boneless wings, chicken nuggets I know it's a, it's a highly debated topic these days, but yeah, basically. We
0: call those chicken nuggets. They're chicken nuggets.
1: No, they're from that, that that part of the wing that's boneless on chicken. There's some chickens that have no bones in their wings. It's a it's a birth defect. But
0: yeah. The, <laughs> sure. <laughs> we'll we'll go with that. Um well, as I mentioned, um BYU and Navy played this week. And I watched this whole thing. I watched this bloodbath. Did you watch any of it, Matt?
1: Yeah, I, uh, I did watch some of it, but I definitely did not watch this whole game. This was terrible. I, it's like I have a—it's like I have a, a taste for college football, and then I'm watching this, and I'm like, ah, I, I don't care about these two teams. What what else is on?
0: I care about them because I mean BYU played Tennessee very well last year, and Zach Wilson. Fun quarterback. I'm going to like watching him this year. And I just love the quotes after this game. Like, re- reading Ken... Oh God, we're going to pronounce his last name on this podcast. Neo Tanolo. Ten- um, just very, very upfront about what happened here. Which was, they didn't know how to tackle. And he was nervous going into this game that they didn't know how to tackle. And then, um, if you watch this game... Uh, Navy didn't know how to tackle. Nothing there. You, uh,
1: I was, I was waiting for you to, I was for you to go somewhere. Were There's you, no uh, like, question.
0: I, I'm saying that, like, that is. I was watching this, and there is literally so many plays I could pull from. I could just pull video of Navy linebackers and corner just. Not just bouncing off BYU guys like BYU is obviously a physical team. They have um, Grimes from LSU. They like to play a physical style. They're very in your face. We're not going to pass a lot. We're going to run the ball down your throat. We're going to just be we're going to try and out physical you. And Navy was not up to this challenge. And to get blown out the way they did. Something that I wonder and someone referred to this as a scrimmage do you think we're going to see a lot of this this fall? Do you think we're going to see a lot of these weird like teams that was that were good last year that for whatever reason just have these weird aberration years where like they just forget how to tackle one week or they're really slow starters because of the the layoff and what kind of practice schedule they have? Like do you think we're going to see some really weird scores like this where BYU just beats team 63 to nothing and you're like what just happened? How is this a thing?
1: Yeah, I could definitely see um I was just thinking about that. Um with you know with Tennessee, I know that was a thing with their scrimmage getting canceled this past weekend and a couple of different practices got canceled. And I guess that's I've I've wondered about that if if there's some teams that, you know, you miss a substantial chunk of practice, that could definitely that could definitely have an impact on and how they show up and the, and there's there's these games every once in a while that you know, college football—that's why we love it and why we hate it. It's—it's it's so unpredictable. There's, there's just sometimes those games on team schedule where it, it's unexplainable. They just don't show up. And with, if practice hours are now being an issue, there's a hundred percent going to be uh, some of those games.
0: I think this is going to be a common thing. I think we're going to have some scores like something I wrote down as I was watching this game and watching highs. I'm like. Mississippi state is going to pass all over a good team. And we're going to be like, how do they drop 63 on LSU? Like, I think that's going to happen. I think we're going to have some really outrageous scores. I think we're going to have a lot of outrageous offensive production. I think we're going to have a lot of bad tackling for in the pod, Matt Wyatt. And I talked about this where his biggest concern was defense. Cause he thinks the offense will be fine. Like learning new schemes, and all that kind of stuff. Like they'll figure it out. But, defenses that are not tackling defenses that are not getting used to each other defenses that are not used to the physicality of a normal offseason are going to struggle so the teams that have a lot of continuity and have a lot of older guys and have a lot of um skill position talent are going to thrive and put up bonkers numbers and i think this makes me reconsider certain divisions where i'm like oh virginia's gonna have a bad year like this was something i was thinking about virginia's offense is not built for COVID 2020 football season like they're gonna have a down year and I'm thinking about different teams and I'm like okay who is better positioned like Miami I am all in on now like I am all in on Derek King and Rhett Lashley running this offense where I'm like oh they're gonna be fine like even with their kind of schedule and what the ACC looks like I'm like oh this is gonna be a great thing so when people are buying in on Pitt and that defense and what Pitt does every year and their schedule is good and like oh Pitt should win the division and all this kind of stuff and I'm like hmm this is the year that people should bet on offenses so like if you're uncertain about a college football team's offense stay away avoid it because i think this season is going to be dictated by teams that have the most explosion on offense and those teams will ultimately win out do you think this is a fair assessment of where we're at or is this an overreaction to this week
1: um, well, it could be. I'm hoping it's an overreaction. Obviously, as a Georgia fan, we all know what's going on with Jamie Newman now and him opting out. And Georgia was supposed to have, be so strong on defense. So, knowing my luck and my history DeJuan as a Matt Ge- this season. yeah. So, knowing my luck and my history as a Georgia fan. Of course this is going to be the year where it's all offense and it doesn't matter if you have a good defense or not. The year that we're loaded on defense with a questionable offense. But I don't know I almost wonder if uh if this Navy game could be almost like a cautionary tale like for programs around the country. It's like look Yeah, we may have had some COVID uh, issues, some some cases like we can't mispractice. We we have to practice or else we're going to go out and get embarrassed like that. So I almost wonder if this granted, obviously, there's certain things that are out of their control if they have a certain number of cases. But I, I wonder we all we all know college football coaches do everything they can to get an advantage. Right. So I almost wonder if you're if this is it's almost less likely to happen now that we've all seen Navy on national TV just get embarrassed because they couldn't tackle. And then their coaches admitting that they weren't practicing tackling. It's like, well, I don't think you're going to see many other, especially at the big time power five level. I don't think you're going to see teams allow that to happen to the best of their ability, you know?
0: Yeah. I, who, I, I don't know, man. I, my gut just tells me that people need to be buying some Mississippi state stock and need to be selling some Georgia stock. Bad news, buddy. Like you need <laughs> to go ahead and start selling that. I, I think this is going to be rough. And I think, uh, I've never been more certain that Florida's winning in the sec East.
1: <laughs> well, uh, we'll see about that. I, um, it's, it's just, I'm used to it as a Georgia fan, you know? Uh, my fiance when I took broke the news to her, she was mad. Just like I'm like, why are you not more mad about this? I'm just wait like, mad about Jamie Newman about Jamie Newman opting mm. out. Yeah, I'm just like she's like, are you serious? You know, just because I've I've turned her into a hardcore Georgia fan now. Mm. You know, so and I'm just I was kind of speechless. I was like, I'm I'm used to it by now. I knew I knew it had to be something. There's no way we could have the best quarterback in the SEC. Just transfer out of nowhere it's like it was it was was too good to be true to begin with
0: bob ballsby big 12 commissioner was interviewed this past week and he was talking about the virus and there are a lot of tweets about this and i thought it was fascinating and also terrifying where he's just like yeah when the people you talk to this is going to be around for up to two years what when you saw that what what was your first instinct you're like oh what 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 is this like do they all know this and like why is this not a bigger story that they have been told by top medical professionals that they've been told that like this is this is gonna be a thing for the next two years
1: yeah honestly i was just like why is he saying this like, why, <laughs> why is he telling us this now like we're gonna play we're we're gonna decide to play the season oh yeah well, this is gonna be around for like two years it's like oh what I I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't know exactly what the deal is with this virus. I just felt like this guy was bringing a total buzzkill. It's like college football has just come back. We're all starting to enjoy it. You know, these teams are going on the road and playing, and then we're hearing the following day that there's no new positive tests on the team. And it's like we're everything's encouraging, and then he comes out of here, just uh, really really bringing the whole mood down.
0: But I mean, it's it just makes me wonder, like, what is the information that's out there that we just have not gotten? That, like, these are the things we want to know. Like, why did the Big Ten not just immediately talk about this? Because, like, what Balthy said is, like, they're all getting the same kind of information. Like, every conference is getting the same kind of insight and data. Why would you not talk about this? Like, this is a big thing, and I think this would help just the PR aspect of what's happening to the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, right?
1: Yeah, that's. I think that's. If if you're so sure, especially they seem to kind of jump the gun, both of them, and you know they made a decision way before they they really needed to, and so it seems like if you're going to make such a, a radical decision, like it seems like you you should probably be providing all the evidence that got you to make that decision.
0: You know, it is strange. I don't know. It's just this is not a good month for federalism, and I've talked about this. On this podcast and political uh political connotations and also sports connotations but like the fact that college football does not have a a czar that is just getting all the top medical information from all the top doctors and then just making a decision for all the conferences is just one of those things what makes this very complicated and this is going to be messy not just this fall but i think it's going to be messy for the long term and We won't even know a lot of the fallout until years and years from now. But speaking of fallout, Pete Dammel of Yahoo Sports, really interesting piece this week that I wanted to ask you about because this was something I was thinking about this summer. This is all going on because if you're the Clay Helton of the world, excuse me, you 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 were already on the brink. Like he was almost fired last year, and obviously there's a lot of. crazy stuff going on with the Lynn Swan departure and uh, Mike Brown coming in from uh, Cincinnati. But ultimately, his thesis, I agree with, which was budgets are tight and schools that are not happy with their coaches. Guess what? If you're a fan, if you're a fan of a team and you don't really like your coach and you're not sure he's the right coach long term, I've got bad news for you if you're in a power five group. He's going to be there for a couple more years than he would have been previously. Budgets are being cut. Like Utah's AD and head coach, Kyle Whittingham, got furloughed. There is going to be so many coaches around the country that are going to be around, I think, for the foreseeable future that would not have been in normal circumstances because of budget restrictions, because teams and universities cannot justify the buyouts anymore. Gus Malzahn. Just got five more years at Auburn. I I really believe that. I think there are going to be so few firings. It's not going to be like NBA or anything else where like Alvin Gentry gets relieved in New Orleans. Guess what? They're fine. They're going to make their money. Those owners are going to be fine. College football is different. Universities are different. And justifying these buyouts, these unbelievable buyouts, are going to be almost impossible with these budget cuts. You can't justify it. You just can't. And you're not going to have the money to go out and get a bigger fish like that. It's just not going to exist. I think this is going to be a very interesting element to monitor in college football for the next couple of years. And I am fascinated by which teams bite the bullet and just like really run with this. Like we're we're crying poverty, but yet we're going to pay like twelve million dollars to force Gus Malzahn out. Like I am fascinated by this.
1: Yeah, I think and he, he makes some great points, you know. And I, th- I, uh, I've been wondering about this same thing myself because Will Muschamp, I think he's one of those coaches he's that jumps one. out, yeah. it jumps out to me, you know, that he was lucky to to keep his job last year. Honestly, if it weren't for that upset over Georgia, would, would they have been two and two and ten? I'm not sure he does come back or three and nine. So he 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 just got another year, and who knows? He, he uh, he might get two more cuz of this but yeah and a, a program like South Carolina they're not one of the big boys that's got all kinds of money you know and these big boosters so they definitely couldn't i i doubt they could i don't know how many years uh Mustchamp has left on his contract but i um it's going to be really difficult uh for these programs to to buy out some of these coaches and and yeah when they, when you talk about uh 130 teams playing college football. I think I've I've heard before. There's only about 40 or 50 athletic programs in the country that are that are profitable. You know, the rest of them are just kind of uh, pay, football is paying for all the all the other sports. So it it's it's gonna be very hard to justify. You know, if you if you're if you just cut five sports, it's like yeah, we're gonna cut five sports, but we're also gonna pay this coach 15 million dollars to leave so he can find a new one. That's pretty much an impossible. Sell to to a school board, you know, or whoever's making the decision at at these uh at these major universities. And I think he makes a, a really good point that a lot of these guys uh just earned one more year just from having to deal with this COVID stuff.
0: is an interesting name too, because I've been told from people at South Carolina that this is a make or break year for him. Like Mike Bobo was a last effort, like. Bring in the uh, the graduate transfer from uh, Southern uh, from Colorado State to South Carolina. Bring in Marshawn Lloyd, superstar running back. He's out for the year. He had to probably go like six and six to keep his job. Now, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't. Like you said, I don't think there's a scenario where he gets fired. I don't think any of these teams like any like if you're a fan base, like you're a fan of a team that like vanderbilt fans we know they're the most passionate in the sec people forget this Um, (laughs) Derek mason's not going anywhere he can change coordinators every year doesn't matter ted roof come on down they'll they'll get brian van gorder next year who cares they're standing you cannot justify this you cannot like these guys are not going anywhere clay Hilton is going to be at usc in 2022
1: yeah, and with the Muschamp example, I mean, when we were going through their schedule, obviously we don't, we can't predict the future, but we were looking at a two and eight, maybe a three and seven type of season, yep. and you gotta wonder. People just kind of consider this year a wash, you know, and then with him with that five star quarterback Gunner Stockton. Uh, signed. Granted, he's not even going to be there next year. They're going to wait. to. They have to wait till 2022 for him. And so it's like knowing there's a big time five star quarterback committed. Is that enough for people to just ignore the win? Uh, ignore the wins and losses on uh, on West record. I'm maybe I'm not sure.
0: Why do quarterbacks still sign up? Like Jake Bittling was like, no, nah, I'm good. Uh, I'm going to go to Utah. And unfortunately, it did not pay off for him because uh, he transferred to a team that uh, will not be playing football this fall. Um, but yeah, who would you trust if you're a five-star quarterback more? Gus Malzahn or, or, uh, three years of Gus Malzahn or three years of Will Muschamp?
1: Well, you'd have to think that, uh, the biggest reason Stockton chose South Carolina is probably Mike Bobo, because he has a track record of coaching good quarterbacks, or at least getting good quarterback play in college. So,
0: and Gus I mean, Malzahn. i Joe Teresinski. Joe Cox, hey, We're talking Hudson Stafford Mason. Stafford sorry, Hudson. And, Hudson, I love and you. Your friend Murray of and uh-huh.
1: Hudson Mason. For all his physical limitations, Hudson Mason. How dare, how dare you? How dare you? I mean, he clearly he's not the athlete. He's not doesn't have the rocket
0: arm of. Uh, Hudson, some I don't of know those, agree with any of this. I know you're listening. Hudson, some of those
1: other guys, but I think he set the Georgia single season um, record for completion percentage. No, that was, that was what, what? No,
0: that was Grayson Lambert.
1: No, no. Grayson Lambert was the single game. Oh, record. you're saying Oh, 20, courses, yeah, yeah. He went like okay. 25 of 26 against South Carolina.
0: No, he did no, that. He was did. that South Carolina?
1: Yeah, when they put, put up a fifth spot, yeah. Got Spurrier to to quit. <laughs> it was it was a parade for Georgia. I mean, fans. I would quit
0: too if I gave up 25 of 26 for Grayson Lambert, who was just. Exactly. I mean, I miss bad Georgia quarterback play. That was a First, beautiful thing. Well, this guy can't even throw, and he's lighting us up. He was terrible. Was People were certain
1: he was good Spurrier impression.
0: People were certain he was good. I mean, the sprayer stuff. I could tell you about that. Like there was bigger reasons as to why that did not work out. Um, Where would you guess C. sprayer junior is right now? Would you guess C. sprayer junior is a coach in college football?
1: Um, I, I would guess so, but mm. I don't even know.
0: I've never heard. Where is he? He is the inside wide receivers coach at Mississippi state. He's been with Leach for several years now. He was at with Leach in, washington state too okay he looks exactly like it so how old is he i don't know probably mid-30s i guess okay is spurrier, sneaky spurrier
1: doesn't have any kids that young i guess
0: spurrier Spur- sneaky young or sneaky old he is like i think 70 something i want to say
1: oh yeah man he's been around a while
0: yeah he was winning heisman's at like 1968 um are you ready to do our pick this week are, are you ready to talk about this week's biggest games in college football? Does it include Stephen F. Austin? I, I have to ask.
1: It does not include the lumberjacks of Stephen F. Austin. Is that is that correct? Lumberjacks? Are they the lumberjacks? I, I just, I, I just, I threw it out there and it sounded right. I gotta, I gotta
0: look it up. I think they're like the Cowboys. I want to say Cowboys. Tell me if I'm right. I forgot how to type Okay, come on The Lumberjacks Are they really the Lumberjacks?
1: That's the only thing my mind is is good for Is trivial information about sports They are the
0: Lumberjacks, okay Huh, I always thought they were the Cowboys See, the more you know This is what we bring to the podcast You and I, we bring different perspectives I bring insight, knowledge Understanding and you bring lumberjack knowledge
1: exactly man it's you a little yin and yang but honestly if one of those small schools has played the ncaa tournament then i usually like i that's usually the reason i remember those teams yeah that's the reason i think Stephen f austin they got like a winner they may have gone to like a sweet 16 a couple years yeah. back
0: their coach got hired by i want to say illinois i think under their head coach got hired by somebody like Illinois. Was Underwood from there? I want to say he yeah, was.
1: Yeah, that, that sounds. I think you're right about that.
0: But uh, we got to get live, yeah. man. What are we doing filling our lives with this with this insight? Like this this information, just filling our brains. What do we do with this? Hey, man, you got to love it. You do. Um, well, there are several good games this weekend that I'm excited to watch. And we have a pick them that we're going to do every week. And you're going to send them over. And we're going to talk about them. And this week, opening game. I'm excited for this. Whew. Kansas Saturday, September 12th on Fox Sports South, one o'clock or ten o'clock in the evening. Coastal Carolina. They're only favored by six and a half. Very disrespectful to Les Miles,
1: who changed. Well, it? um, oh, um before I get to this, before I get to this, just for our college basketball fans out there. Brad Underwood is the name you were. Uh, yes. You were he left for Oklahoma State. And then uh, after one year at Oklahoma State, he's spent the last three years at
0: Illinois. So Wait, you but were, did he come from Stephen F. Austin? Yeah. Yes.
1: You yeah. And they lost it. in the in the third round of the NCAA tournament, which I believe is. What is that? The round of 32 now?
0: No, I, round three is. I mean, I guess if you include like that. Because I think that's what they call it. Yeah. I guess it is. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, they got a uh, they got a 5-12 upset um that year. But uh okay, so back to Kansas versus Coastal Carolina. This is a this is this is a rematch game from last year.
0: I don't know if you were uh, you were aware <laughs> of, that the Chanticleers well, I mean I was going to say as the biggest Puka Williams fan, watched every second.
1: Probably the game of the year in college football last year. 12-7, the Chanticleers. <laughs> Came into Lawrence, Kansas, and knocked off the Jayhawks. So, I um, I don't know much about Kansas other than like you said, Puka Williams. I um, but I'm taking them in this one. I uh, I like the the six and a half points they're getting. Are we go, are we going spreads? Or are we just going ahead uh, straight up. Let's do spreads. Okay. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'm going Kansas, and the points, and the points. Correct. I, and I'll tell you right now,
0: ten o'clock Saturday. I uh, <laughs> you'll be watching this. You'll be plugged in.
1: <laughs> I, I will be locked in.
0: I mean, that's what I'll be. Um, yeah, I think Kansas rolls here, and I think what Kansas What I be doing on a Saturday night. Todd Reesing might walk through that door. Who knows?
1: <laughs> that was a, that was a special time in, uh, in Jayhawk football. I don't think he's walking through that door anytime soon.
0: Either way, very excited about that. Um, but that was a joke. I, I didn't want to start there, because they're at 10 o'clock on FS1, and I, I, I don't think any of us are be watching this. <laughs> Saturday, 3.30, ABC, Florida State at home against Georgia Tech, where they are favored by 12. Do we get Purdy 2.0 in this game? Do we get uh, a Georgia Tech quarterback who can throw a forward pass in this game? What... What are you? What are you thinking? What 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 happens here with the game one of the Mike Norvell era and Tallahassee?
1: I um, this is this is probably the most one of the more interesting games I think this weekend, just because it's a it's an ACC game and I, it seems pretty evenly matched. I uh, I'm not too high on Florida State. I know Mike Norvell was. Obviously doing big things at Memphis, that's why he's at Florida State. but I think year two of Jeff Collins, I'm not saying Georgia Tech's uh, necessarily on the gonna be on the rise this year, but I think this more than anything is just gonna be a sloppy game. I just it just it feels like a a 19 to 13 kind of game. just something just not neither team probably like clicking offensively. I think I think Georgia Tech is able to keep it close. But um, So I'm, I'm going to take Georgia Tech uh, covering the 12
0: points. You're still not adjusted, I don't think. Because I don't think there's going to be any 19 to 13 games with these teams. Like, this is going to be either like 56 to 7 Florida State or like 49 to 42 Florida State. And I'm not sure what it is, but one of these teams will have an offensive explosion and will beat the living shit out of the other team. And my gut tells me that Florida State will be okay. My gut tells me that Georgia Tech is still a little bit away. Jeff Collins, obviously recruiting very well. He is making positive strides with this program, but they're still, they got, they're, they're young. They're still figuring stuff out. I think Florida State has a lot to prove. I think Mark Norvell needs to start off on the right foot. I think they had a weird off season, obviously, with questions surrounding this program. Um, off the field, I I think Florida State wins big. I think Florida State like drops forty two on I don't, Georgia Tech. And I think they win like forty two to like fourteen or something like that. They cover and they win big.
1: I don't know what's more surprising that Georgia Tech scored sixteen point seven points per game last year. Did you watch
0: and Georgia Tech last year? That they,
1: so difficult the score sixteen point seven. They had a game.
0: triple often a triple option offense from a year ago, a uh, two years ago. Plugged into their new scheme that they like this open spread like down like it just they don't have the personnel like it was not surprising at all they didn't know what they were doing that georgia game was it wasn't
1: surprising that they weren't good it was just surprising i don't know if it was more surprising that they were averaged 16.7 points per game or if that there were six teams that averaged less than 16.7 points per game that seems that seems impossible
0: do you have that in front of you who was it
1: Oh, I don't have it in front okay. of me. I uh, was just looking at Georgia Tech. They're 124th out of 130 teams. I'm going to guess Boston College with Steve
0: Adazio. It it doesn't matter, but I, I am curious. I I would like to know. I'll have to I'll have to try to get that uh, that stat for you. It's all good. It's all good. Um, Thursday night. I'll be watching this game very closely. I'm obviously very high on Miami with the way the season's going to go. I'm very high on Derek King. I'm very high on Rhett Lashley, who's bounced around since going to Auburn and being a prodigy. He's been the offensive coordinator at UConn. He's been the offensive coordinator with Sunny Dykes, SMU. He is now at Miami to fix the mess that Dan Enos left behind at Miami. Uh, they are at home against UAB, and they are favored by 14. At eight o'clock on the ACC network, um, give me Miami and all the points. I'm going very Florida on this podcast. I think.
1: Are you? I um. I'm honestly. I'm liking UAB. Oh, they God. were. Uh, they were a sneaky good team. I don't. I don't big think Bill UAB's, Clark guy. I don't think UAB is going to beat him by any by any means. But 14 point spread. I uh, I thought that was a little high. I don't know. Um, not 100 sure what the offense is going to look like with Manny Diaz. Obviously, you got De'Aaron King, so maybe they're just going to go off and score all kinds of points. But I think UAB was kind of a kind of a sneaky good team last year, and they always seem to play these the bigger competition tough. I um, I'm a big fan of Spencer Brown. He uh, he battled some injuries last year, but. Uh, as a freshman and sophomore, this guy was a baller. So, and he had a hundred, he had 127 yards in the in the first game of the season. So he appears to be back and healthy. So uh, I think I think UAB keeps it close. I'm thinking this is like a a 34-24 kind of game.
0: Interesting. All right, so Manny Diaz immediately on the hot seat, in your opinion? <laughs> He's getting the dub. There's no there's no hot seat. I don't know. 34-24 at home to UAB to start off their season. You're immediately UAB is a
1: respectable UAB is a respectable football program. Even though they just shut them down like five years ago, they they've come back and they've been they've been solid.
0: Next up. Oh, Louisiana hold on, hold on.
1: before you before you move on, mm-hmm. I'll uh, I'll give you that uh, your your answer. I'm about the points per game. Hold on. Oh, UConn's in that. Can I say UConn's in it? Oh, UConn is not. They Fuck. were eighteen point nine points per game, but Akron averaged ten point five. That was the the worst. Then you got Rutgers, Bowling Green, Old Dominion, Northwestern,
0: and Vanderbilt. Northwestern. I knew they were bad. I think, I wouldn't have guessed they were that bad. I mean, I they did finally replace their offensive coordinator, so I guess that is. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt and Northwestern both were cool. Oh man.
1: And Georgia Tech. Some great academic schools down there. They're <laughs> the bottom of points per game.
0: They just haven't figured out an offense yet. Um they haven't figured out the right theory for offense. Um interesting. UConn. I, I was close. UConn, only a couple of points more. Um Louisiana need- Tech at Baylor. Dave Aranda's First game as head coach of Baylor. This will be at on Fox at 12 o'clock Eastern Time. Baylor is favored by 18. Um, Give me Baylor to win, but give me Skip Holtz and the Louisiana Tech football team the points. I will take Louisiana Tech to cover. I think this is going to be a rocky start to the Baylor regime with Dave Aranda. We'll see what he looks like when he is still signing off on Larry Fedora's play calling. Does Charlie Brewer make it through a full game? I don't know. Guess what? Skip Holtz is good. Louisiana Tech is good. The Bulldogs are good. I I don't think they're going to win. I think they're going to keep it close. And I think this is going to be a major scare. It's like, oh, no. Do we replace Matt Rule with the right guy? I'm not all the way in on Dave Aranda as a head coach. I'm just not.
1: Yeah, that's honestly what my, my same line of thinking was. Uh, I know Dave Aranda, he's obviously a defensive guy. And Baylor had a good defense last year. Um, but 18 points, that seemed like a, a high number when I don't really know, you know, what his what a Dave Aranda head coached team is going to look like. And yeah, like you said, Louisiana Tech, they were a, they were a good team last year. So they went 10 and three. They um, I, uh, I also mainly just because of how high the number was. I'm also taking Louisiana Tech.
0: Next up. Another very tough game that I am very much enthralled about because I like these programs both a lot. Billy Napier's Louisiana Raging Cajuns on the road at Iowa State on ESPN at 12 o'clock. Very excited about this. Bubba Purdy versus Billy Napier. Iowa State paired by 11. Give me the Raging Cajuns points. Give me Iowa State to survive a close one because... Louisiana's good. And Billy Napier is going to be an SEC coach in like the next three years. Just be be careful. They're good. And this is a very good program. They're recruiting well. They're developing well. And they're going to be up for this game in uh, in Ames. And I, uh, I love Brock Purdy. I think he's like maybe outside of KJ Costello, my favorite, under the radar, like Joe Burrow type. Breakouts, guys. He threw for a billion yards last year. Give me... The raging Cajuns to cover. Give me Iowa State to win.
1: Man, you're really uh, you're really stealing my thunder here. I was uh, <laughs> I was all in on the raging Cajuns and Billy Napier. I'm i uh, I'm a fan. I think he's definitely he's definitely going to be one of those guys getting a big time job in in two or three years. Granted, it won't be that big time if no one's firing their coaches. True, but but uh, yeah, like you said, in the foreseeable future, he's definitely going to be a big time head coach. Uh, the Raging Cajuns were tenth in the country in points per game last year, eighteenth in opponents' points per game. So they went eleven and three last year and lost to uh, App State twice. So App State almost went undefeated. So the the Raging Cajuns are a quality team. I respect them making the transition from Louisiana Lafayette to just Louisiana. I feel like that makes them that makes them more big time. You know, just University of Louisiana. I. I respect they uh, they actually made the transition. I've I've been calling them Lafayette for years, even though they've been uh, trying to do this. But yeah, I uh, I think this is the best game on this whole slate that we're picking. And I I I want to pick. I definitely am picking the Raging Cajuns to uh, to upset or to cover. Uh, I I want to pick them to upset. I'm just I'm not a. I'm I'm questioning Iowa State. I was I was oh on the no. bandwagon. Matt Campbell, you're questioning year. Matt Campbell. I am, man. I was going. I was feeling him going into last year. I feel like they they finished the 2017 season strong or the 2018 season strong. Excuse me, but going seven and six last year, Matt Campbell. Uh, you know, he, I'm sure he's still a good coach, but uh, his his stock isn't nearly as high as it was going into the 2019 season. We'll see. I I'm I'm doing it. Raging Cajuns getting the upset. Oh wait, you have them winning. I'm I'm going for it, man. Okay.
0: Did not see that coming. I like. I this. I had to
1: top you. I had to top you because I I felt like I was high on the Raging Cajuns, but you were high, so I had to go higher.
0: There you go. Next up, App State replacing Eli Drinkwitz, where he will go one and nine with his Missouri Tigers this fall. We have a lifer now roaming the sidelines at App State. He will be at home against an in-state rival, UNC Charlotte. App State is favored by seventeen. Is Zach Thomas still there? <laughs> uh, yeah, he is still there. <laughs> yeah, he is. So, guess what? App State, give me the points. They're gonna be fine. They're gonna win, and they're gonna win big.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm going to App State all the way.
0: There's really nothing else to say there. It's on ESPN2. I'm not going to watch a second of this. App State will be fine.
1: I don't know much about uh, about Sean Clark, but um, I know he was an internal hire,
0: and Mm -hmm. I think App State will be fine. They won't miss a beat. Notre Dame at home. First game in the ACC this fall. They will be playing at 2.30 Eastern time on NBC. They host the Duke Blue Devils, where Chase Bryce... Great first name. Great first name. I can't say enough about it. Um, He will make his Duke debut post-Clemson on the road in South Bend. Duke, (laughs) they're down plus 20 in this game. Give me the Duke Blue Devils to cover a bad Notre Dame offense. This is the first game of Mr. Tommy Reese as as offensive coordinator. I think there's gonna be a learning curve i don't love the Notre Dame offense love their defense i love how they're coached i think they're one of the top five coach teams in college football i think they're they're great in a lot of ways brian kelly is a very very good comfortable coach you know who else is also a great college football coach who will get his team up for this when he has a competent quarterback behind center like a chase Bryce, mr david cutcliffe
1: Give <laughs> david me- is david cutcliffe a great
0: College football coach. Yeah, he's top twenty-five for sure. He's he's a solid college. Dude, football Duke coach is a sure. terrible program. Like, there's no reason no, no, for that. They were almost in the ACC title game. Like, that's not a thing. Like, he should not be able to get what he what he has gotten out of Duke over the last. To be fair, years.
1: that's that's probably more of an indictment on the ACC than anything. But
0: no, I um,
1: you're definitely right, cliff That's what he's definitely made Duke respectable. But it seems like the last couple years, they've kind of they're they've definitely not gone back to being what they once were.
0: They're not just a laughing stock of college football anymore. They had Brandon Harris. They just haven't had the right quarterback in a couple of years. They had Daniel Jones. Like he's developing. Like he's making it work.
1: No, I'll give you that. But um, give me uh, give me Ian Book. Give me give you give Ian Book. Game. You can
0: have all the Ian Book you would like because I am just not an Ian Book guy at all.
1: I um. I'm not super high on Ian Book, but uh he's he's a quality quarterback. He threw 34 touchdowns, 6 picks last year. He makes some plays with his legs. I'm a I I with with how few proven quarterbacks there are in college football right now, I'd say Ian Book is probably he's probably one of the top what, 5 quarterbacks in the country? No. What? You disagree top with that? Top 5? Who's five quarter? What are five quarterbacks what? better? What? Top five. I'm, I'm just talking off the top of my head right top now. Top five: I'm to Lawrence and Justin Fields and Sam Howell. There's not that many quarterbacks that are that are better than, what? than Ian Book right now. He's he's also in his eighth year starting at Notre Dame. Do
0: you think Ian Book is a top five quarterback in college ball this year? I mean, I really don't see that many uh,
1: big time quarterbacks. I think this is a kind of a Spitzer down Spencer Rattler.
0: Already oh, going to go ahead and assume he's going to be better. I mean, you can't
1: say he's better. Kyle he's never, Trask
0: is better than Ian Kyle Book. Kyle Trask is Sam Ellinger is Book. absolutely better than Ian Book. Those no question. Those guys are close to Ian Book. I, I'm a. I'm King to... has proven more than Ian Book. Yeah. Kellen yeah. Mon has proven more than Kellen Ian Mon, Book. Kellen Mon, you
1: bite your tongue. Ian Book is ba- basically just a better version of Kellen Mon. They're essentially the same player. Brock Purdy better. is absolutely better than Ian Book. Okay, that's probably uh, that's probably a good one. Hey, I was just I was thrown off the top of my head. I uh, that I think Ian Book me. is that really I offended think,
0: me. Max Duggan I out did, there in did. TCU. I can see that.
1: He can play in sixty percent of his passes, three thousand yards.
0: They're freshman out of yards Boise rushing. State. What's his name? I've I've already forgotten his name. He was good oh, before uh, getting injured. What's his name? He's better. <laughs> KJ Costello better. This conversation is proving my
1: point though that I think Ian Book is definitely an underappreciated quarterback. He's not. This is insanity, I and I last, hate all of this. Going into last year, there was there was some hype, and he maybe he Notre Dame didn't live up to the hype, but I mean they had a good season last year. But I don't think like anyone's really talking about him, and, and Notre Dame's low key uh, uh, a contender to be to be in the playoff for sure. This no, year. no, they're not
0: because they have to play Clemson in the final now. Like they're, they're not getting in yeah, when they play them totally in the ACC like the title, title game.
1: game. <laughs> like that's like the one game they have to play. Yeah, like we're, we're
0: going to lose year. it.
1: They play, North, but that's but if you get to the ACC championship and, and lose that too, win and, and you're in the playoff, you're definitely a contender. Yeah, but they're not, not going to. It's we'll see. It's possible. I don't. Other than North Carolina, I don't see many losses on Notre Dame. I don't schedule. disagree
0: with that. I'm just saying they're they're not a playoff contender. Um, there's no one in the ACC as a playoff contender outside of Clemson.
1: Um, that's why I said they're a low key contender. But I'm taking give me Notre Dame and um and the twenty.
0: 20- Points, Texas State at home Texas. against UTSA. The Roadrunners. Texas State is favored by seven. This game will be on ESPN two at three thirty. Uh, I guess give me Texas State. Isn't Jake Spavodol running Texas State? Is that is that right?
1: Um, that's honestly more than I know about. <laughs> Both these teams were terrible last year, and. I know Texas State lost uh lost last week. I just want to know who with with the Big 10 with this delayed season, the Big 10 and Pac-12 and everything sitting out, like who are we being robbed of on ESPN2 at 3:30 on a Saturday? Like would that would we have gotten to see, you know, Ohio State and and Northwest you know, they play at Thirty.
0: No, that's the <laughs> the Pam Ward game.
1: We get, we get uh maybe an, an Oklahoma State and Kansas State. Yes, three- that's more likely. Yes, that <laughs> seems about right, yeah. But we're it's moving them up to prime time. Some sort of respectable game. Iowa but, uh, State
0: in Louisiana is on ESPN. Yeah, that's, that's insanity. Uh, that's, yeah, that's a low-key good game, too. I mean, it but, is, but like that would not happen in a normal season. Like The no, fact that they're getting primetime coverage on the main channel is as well. Um, Kansas State at home. favored by 10 oh, and a wait half. we
1: skipped we skipped over that one. Who you who you taking? Uh of which one? Texas State. Oh, Texas meets... State. Give me Jake's Bividals. Give me okay, fighting I'm Jake's Bividals. I'm going Texas State at home. You just can't you can't beat that home atmosphere.
0: <laughs> you you really can't. <laughs> um Kansas State at home against Arkansas State. Uh they're favored by ten and a half. Whew. They had a great year last year. I think there's going to be a little bit of a drop-off for Kansas State, but it's not going to happen in week one. They play a brand of football that I think will actually be conducive to um, what kind of season we're going to have. And I think Kansas State wins big at home and beats the living shit out of Arkansas State on FS1 at 330. Give me Kansas State and the points yeah
1: the red wolves they were uh they were respectable last year, but um I think Kansas State was probably what probably the third best team in the big twelve last year so you know, yeah and um in uh had Chris Kleinman's first year so i uh I'm also taking Kansas state. this feels like a forty one to seventeen kind of game
0: I think we're gonna differ here we have two games left South Alabama at home against my two-lane green wave and when i say my it's because they have the best mascot and logo now and Coach with the fighting actual wave south alabama with an upset last week against southern miss who fired their coach in the COVID circumstances like jay hobson got uh, kicked, got uh, dismissed this week so they promoted a like 26 year old coach as their head coach so we'll see what happens there um two lane with willie fritz georgia southern legend willie fritz Tulane, very good last year. They finally made a bowl game. One of the worst programs the last 30 years in you and I's lifetime. You know what? I think people are buying. Like they're buying this South Alabama stock. They're buying what South Alabama is putting down at the moment. And I'm not, Matt. I'm not buying what uh, South Alabama is doing. Uh, give me Tulane, not only to cover, give me Tulane and this green wave to win outright on the road in the horrid atmosphere that is mobile alabama against the south alabama jaguars give me the two lane green wave
1: if you're going to pick against uh, the usa man i uh, i don't even know i don't even think i know you but um no, i uh as someone with the last name green i'm going to i'm going to have to go with the green wave oh uh, i like it. So they're definitely my Tulane Green Wave. I know you were trying to claim them as your own, but this this is my squad right here. Actually, when I was at the College Football Hall of Fame, everyone had their own helmet of their team. That they were a fan of on their desk, like at their cubicle. And I guess there's multiple Georgia fans, so I couldn't get my Georgia helmet. But I had a, a Tulane Green Wave
0: helmet. Have you thought about a Tennessee helmet?
1: Um, there's, uh, actually, a uh, Margot, a super nice lady in, uh, the Omni sales team. She's a big, uh, Tennessee fan. She actually moved back up to Knoxville. Maybe we can hang out, set us up. Yeah, maybe Margot. She's a, uh, shout out to Margot. <laughs> she's cool. She was on the other side of my cubicle. We were, uh, we were buddies. She's a big, uh, big, big Tennessee, big Titans fan. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I don't have much to add, uh, that you already said about Tulane. I'm, uh, I'm going to Green Wave as well
0: i like it we have one game left on our list one game weird college football weekend a team that i'm very high on so one team i'm very high on one team i'm not western kentucky on the road at louisville louisville is favored by 11 and a half the Scott? bobby
1: petrino bowl
0: I, that's that's true i hadn't even considered that um <laughs> I'm very high on Scott Satterfield. I'm very high on what Louisville, Louisville, Louisville is building. Um, I think they finally have their quarterback um, post Lamar Jackson. I think Western Kentucky is still figuring stuff out. I think Louisville, Louisville is uh, going to win big here. I think uh Louisville's still in position to have a great ACC season. I trust this offense. I trust what Scott Satterfield is doing. And yeah, I give me Louisville plus the points oval.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm definitely buying the Louisville stock. I uh, i am a believer in, in Scott Satterfield. Um, uh, Jalen Hawkins, 1500 yard rushers back, uh, two, two Atwell people. I've seen him on first team all American lists for first round draft picks. So he's one of the best receivers in college football. So I'm definitely a believer in the Cardinals and, and, your uh, your great pronunciation louisville i've been i've been corrected Whoa. saying louisville in the past from some diehard fans
0: yes Lu- louisville no it's like uh, you, there's no s like you have to just say louisville like it's just <laughs> it's unbelievable the pronunciation but louisville
1: but yeah i'm um, i'm also i'm gonna agree with you uh we've doing, been doing a lot of agreeing i don't know how to feel about that i feel like that's how you know our picks are gonna be bad we're doing too much agreeing
0: well we'll see but, after this weekend
1: But uh, I'm also I'm going to take the Cardinals as well, eleven and
0: a half. All right. Well, I think we'll get a little bit more disagreements when the actual conference schedule happens. I think once we get a full slate of SEC games, once we get a full slate of a couple weeks, because like our preseason stuff will change based on how we watch certain teams and certain things will change and it'll be interesting um
1: yeah man i'd say we need to have a friendly wager on uh on this this pick this this year you know see who's got the better better record at the end t- of the day can you
0: keep track oh absolutely man all right here come up with a spreadsheet with our picks tonight and then uh we'll keep it going for the the remainder of the season we'll come up with a wager of what right. uh, the winner gets we'll and what the loser has to do
1: sounds good man
0: all right, Matt Green, um do you have anything else you would like to add before we get out of here?
1: uh that, I think that's it, man. I'm just uh, excited. we got uh two more two more weeks of a little taste of college football before the before the real thing starts on the twenty sixth so i'm uh I'm getting excited
0: as am I, sir. Well, we will uh reconvene next week, and then obviously we'll go to two shows a week starting when the SEC schedule comes out and uh, Matt Wyatt will become a friend of the pod and uh, all that good stuff. So thank you for listening to uh, the debut of the full ride on the chase Thomas podcast, Matt, I will talk to you next week. Yes, sir. This has been Ingram radio voice of the Atlanta Braves. And I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the chase Thomas podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or co-worker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves!